how does the Spirit of God move us? Jesus begins to teach Nicodemus something very important. Then he says to Nicodemus, listen, you've been born physically. And so we all have been born physically. There's a moment where uh, your mother gave birth to you. And so your physical life began, but we know that we're more than just physical beings. We know that we have a soul, that God has created us with a soul and a spirit that is capable of communicating with God and responding to him. But we know that sin is a barrier and it needed to be dealt with. And so Jesus came and he began to unpack with Nicodemus. Listen, Nicodemus, you can know a new spiritual life. It's like a birth. It's like as you've been born physically, there's a spiritual birth where you can come alive to the things of God and you can begin to experience the movement of God's work in your life through his spirit. Spirit gives birth to spirit. We can do a lot of things in the flesh. We can uh, navigate different parts of life in the flesh, but if we want to know the kingdom of God, If we want to know the movement of God in our lives, then we need to know the Spirit of God, and we need to be born again. We need to have a moment where we become new as as we put our faith in what Jesus has done for us, and then we can begin to know the movement of the Holy Spirit. And so this analogy that Jesus uses, it helps us to understand in one way that there's a mystery to this. Jesus said, you know, everyone who's born of the Spirit, it's like that wind, we can see its effects, it comes and goes, but we don't really know how it completely works. And that's why it's a step of faith, it's not a formula, it's a relationship of trust. And when we put our faith in Jesus and what he's done, then we can be born anew in a spiritual sense, we can come alive to God. And I believe that's the longing in every one of our hearts is that we, spirit to spirit, we would be able to communicate with God that we would know his very presence in our lives, and that's only possible through what Jesus has done. Because he's come and he's taken your sin and mine, and he's, he's paid that debt. We can be forgiven and cleansed and then be in relationship with the holy God. I also believe that it speaks something of what we experience when we are born again. When we come alive to God, then we begin to experience the movement of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When we were out on that sailboat, Tim and I, uh, we didn't determine which way the wind was going to be blowing, but we needed to kind of be attuned to which way the wind was blowing and then just orient ourselves with our sails so that we could actually be driven along by that wind. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. We don't tell the Spirit of God what He's going to do in our lives. The Spirit of God is at work all around us. God's Spirit is at work in our world. God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a history that's moving toward its culmination where once again we will be reunited with God and the world will be put back to what it needs to be as God intended it. And so God's at work. He's got a timeline. He's got plans. And he also has plans for your life and for mine. And so we don't dictate to God what his plans are. What we do is this. We say, God, I'm hungry for the work of your spirit in my life. I need to know your presence in my life. And so what I will do is I will orient my life toward you, and I will allow you, Holy Spirit, to direct my life. I will allow you, Spirit of God, to move me along, to put me in motion in the direction that you want to to grow me in and, and the places that you want to use me for your kingdom, for what you're doing in the earth and for what your plans are. And so the wind goes wherever it pleases. The Spirit of God 
will act in your life, but it does take a step of faith in orienting your life toward God. And what does that mean? That means having a heart that says, God, I surrender my life to you and I am hungry for your spirit to work in my life. And when push comes to shove, it'll be your will over mine. It'll be your path ahead of mine because I know, Spirit of God, that you want my life to be in motion, that you want to speak to me so that I know how to live for you and to glorify God with my life. And so it also speaks of what begins to happen in our lives when we surrender our lives to God and when his spirit begins to work in our spirits, when he begins to direct us. And so how does the Holy Spirit move us? It begins with a, with a point of, of reconciling ourselves to God through Jesus and, and then actually allowing his spirit to work in us. So last week we looked for a moment at the life of a guy named Samson. And I was struck by the fact that Samson knew the stirring of God's spirit, right? We, we learned something about the work of the Holy Spirit through this man named Samson. And last week, we looked briefly at this idea that Samson, was, his life was to be set apart for God. In other words, there was to be a discernible difference in his life as he surrendered his path to God. And then as he chose to follow God's path for his life, then there was also a destiny and a purpose that God had called him to live out. And for Samson, it revolved around this idea of freedom, that he was to begin to bring freedom to the nation of Israel. And freedom is this theme that we find all through Scripture, that God wants you and I to live in freedom today, freedom from bondage to sin, freedom from uh, shackles in our lives inwardly that we cannot get free of apart from the Spirit of God and what God can do in us. God calls us to experience freedom and peace and hope inwardly. And so this theme freedom is all through Scripture. But Samson, we, we read last week that Samson uh, began to experience the stirring of the Spirit. And there were two things that Samson experienced, the stirring of the Spirit and the strength of the Spirit. And so that first that first thing is this, the stirring of the Spirit. Scripture says that the Spirit of God began to stir Samson. Now we begin to understand some of the work of the Holy Spirit and some of, of the role of the Spirit of God in our lives. And we, we looked at that word stir, and it actually means to tap regularly. And the Spirit of God began to get a hold of Samson, began to get his attention, and I believe began to prepare him for the destiny that he had, began to put in him a heart to see God's people find freedom, began to speak to him about the plan and the purpose that he had for Samson's life, and the Spirit of God just began to get his attention. And the Spirit of God, his role in our lives is to get our attention and then begin to speak to us about what it looks like to live for God, what it looks like to follow God's path in your life. And we need to be open to the stirring of the Spirit. It also means, that word stir means to propel or to get going. And there's where we have this imagery of motion where Jesus talks about the wind of the Spirit. And there are times when the Spirit of God wants us to get going. He, he wants us not to become stuck or mired in places where we're not free, but he wants us to begin to experience a continued growth in our lives as he begins to work in us. And so the Spirit of God stirs us today the same as he stirred Samson. 
He urges us in the direction of God's purpose and path for us. And what that means is this, that when you and I face diverging paths in our lives, whether it's a temptation to make a decision that isn't pleasing to God, whether it's a decision that will begin ultimately to lead us away from God, when we face those diverging paths, we can know this, that the Holy Spirit will always propel you in the direction of God's righteousness and of his path and of his purpose for your life. That is what the Spirit of God wants to do in you and I today. He wants to stir us, and it's always a stirring in the direction of God's purpose, in the direction of God's righteousness, in the direction of God's goodness in our lives. And so know this, that the Holy Spirit will move you and propel you toward God every time. Every time. Every moment of temptation, the Spirit of God wants you to turn away from that and say, no, I will not give in to that. I will not follow that path. But God, I want to live for you. And Holy Spirit, would you, would you tap me on the shoulder when, I need to, to, when you need to get my attention? Because ultimately, we know that God's purpose and plan for our lives leads to fulfillment it leads to true freedom in us. And so the Holy Spirit stirs us today. John 14, verse 15, and we can turn to John 14. We're just going to camp there for just a few minutes this morning before we close. Jesus begins to speak of the stirring of the Holy Spirit, but he also begins to, to give the Holy Spirit some names that help us to understand what his role is in our lives. John 14, 15 says this. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor, Holy Spirit, to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. I'm so grateful that Jesus has not left us as spiritual orphans, that we are not left to try to figure out this path, uh, God's path on our own, but that God has given us his spirit to stir us, to direct us, to shape us, to guide us. And so the first thing that we realize out of this passage is Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit as a counselor. And he uses this word paraclete. It also could be translated comforter or one who strengthens or advocate. And it simply means this, that the Holy Spirit is meant to come alongside of you in this journey of life, and there are moments where he will comfort you. There are moments where he will be your counselor, he will guide you, he will direct you. There are moments where he will strengthen you. And we're talking about the presence of God. We're talking about the Spirit of God who comes and dwells with us when we make our peace with God through Jesus and through faith in him. And so Holy Spirit has been sent to fulfill that role in your life. And Jesus says, I'm going to send you another counselor. In other words, what the Holy Spirit's role is in our lives is what Jesus' role was in the disciples' lives. That Jesus, as he walked this earth and as he called people and began to teach them about the kingdom of God and about what he was going to do, He taught people, right? He drew alongside of them. We see him healing people physically. We see him bringing comfort and peace to people. And so when Jesus was about to go, his disciples started to get really anxious and worried. And he said to them, don't worry. 
I'm going to send you another counselor. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit who will do in you what I have been doing in you as I've been here physically. And so we benefit today from the work of the Spirit in our lives. And, and as we read through the Gospels, we can begin to make that connection. Oh, Jesus, what you were to the, to the disciples, the Holy Spirit is to me. The Spirit of God has been sent to help me to live a life that is pleasing to God and, and that I would know his direction and his comfort and his strength. And so Jesus said, I'm going to give you another counselor. And he goes on to say, to be with you forever. And he names him the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. And so another role of the Holy Spirit is that he will help you to discern the truth from a lie. He will keep you from deception. He will give you understanding about God's truth. So whenever you open the word of God... I would encourage you to pause for a moment and to pray and to say, Spirit of truth, Holy Spirit, would you lead me into truth today as I read the word of God? Would you uncover the things of God for me? Would you give me insight into how the word of God guides me and directs me? Would you help me to, to understand the things of the kingdom of God and how God wants to work in my life? And I encourage you that each time you open the word of God, just take a minute to pause and pray. And say, Spirit of God, I need you today. I need you to reveal truth to me. Because Jesus gave him a name. He's the spirit of truth. He's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And so the Holy Spirit is sent to enable us to discern right from wrong. To discern what God's will is. And so when we encounter things or, you know, streams of thought or when we encounter, you know, last week we talked about not being conformed to the image of this age. I believe the Holy Spirit's role is to help us to begin to discern, you know, what, what is that message that I'm hearing from, from my culture or from the spirit of this age? And does it line up, God, with your truth? Or do I need to reject that because it's not really true? And God, help me to walk in your truth. The Holy Spirit will help you to discern will help you to discern right from wrong. He will help you to begin to filter out the messages that we hear over and over again that really are not the path of truth. And so a very simple, a very simple prayer that we should have at the, top of our, at the tip of our tongues on a daily basis is, Spirit of God, would you lead me into truth? Would you lead me into truth? Would you keep my mind from deception? To deceive someone means this. It's to cause them to accept as true or as valid what is false or what is invalid. And we know that there's an enemy of our souls. He's actually the father of lies. If you want to know what deception is or untruth is, it really originated in, in Satan. That, that's his name. And he wants to get you on a path away from God. That's his modus operandi. That's what he wants to do. And yet the Holy Spirit will allow us to not be deceived he will allow us to resist those things that would draw us away from God and stay on that path of truth and of blessing and that path that will continue to keep us uh, walking in the truth of God and walking in the blessing of God. 1 Timothy 4.1 says that in the last times some will abandon the faith and they will follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. And 
Paul is talking to young Timothy and he's saying, Timothy, this is actually a warning for the church. This is a warning for you and I, for us, where Paul says, you know, as we get closer to, to the end of human history as we know it, when God comes back and makes things right, Paul says there's going to be an increase of something. And there's going to be in, an increase of deception. There's going to be an increase of shades of truth that are mixed with untruth. And, and as a church, we are going to be tempted to begin to accept things that are just not fully based on the truth of God's word. And that the Holy Spirit can keep us from deception in that moment. And so church, this is a warning for you and I just to be on guard. And again, just to invite the Holy Spirit to keep us on a path that is pure and that is in line with God's word. And so it's so important for you to be in in the word of God, for you to be spending time in God's word, because the enemy would seek to just in subtle ways begin to bring mixture into your life, to begin to bring deception into your life, so that you begin to just get off course ever so slightly, but you begin to walk, instead of according to the truth of God, you begin to walk according to something that has been presented as truth, but is not. Any path that leads away from the truth of God is a path that the end of that path is simply brokenness and destruction and pain. And so the Holy Spirit will always point you in the direction of God's truth. And so a prayer in our lives consistently should be, Holy Spirit, would you keep my mind from deception? Would you keep my mind from deception? Would you speak truth to me today? Would you help me to know in this situation, God, what your truth is? How am I to walk out this truth in my family, in my marriage? How am I to walk a path of righteousness in a culture that just more and more is inviting God out of our lives and in saying, you know, we can do this without God's presence? Holy Spirit wants to keep us from deception. And so Jesus said, I'm going to ask the Father. He's going to send another counselor. He's going to send the spirit of truth. And then the last thought from what he teaches in this passage is that there's going to be some proximity, that the spirit of God, listen to what he says, the spirit of God will be in you, that we will actually be carriers of the spirit and the presence of God in our lives, and that the spirit of God will come and there is an intimate relationship that we can know with the Holy Spirit. There's an intimacy that we can know. We can actually cultivate this ability to hear his voice in our lives. We can cultivate this ability to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to where he wants to work in us. And in this sense, we live, we live on the other side of what Jesus has done. And what he's made is this open door for us to really experience the presence of God in a way that was not possible before Jesus came. And that's why Jesus says you need to be born again. You can be alive to God's spirit as you put your faith in what Jesus has done for you and you receive forgiveness. You can welcome the spirit of God into your life and he can begin to move you and lead you and lead you into truth. Have you ever been in a situation where something was presented to you and, uh, you know, someone really oversold something and you realize, you know, there were shades to truth of what they were telling me, but there were other parts that weren't actually true. And then, you know, you put your faith in that or you buy that product and it ends up being just such a disappointment and it, it ends up being a source of, uh, of pain in your life. 
And the enemy will try to sell you things that on the surface look good, but they're just not the path that God has for you. They're not in line with God's truth. And the end of that is pain and destruction for you. And I want to encourage you today that would you once again just say, Spirit of God, I need to know your voice in my life. I need to know how you would direct me. I need you to draw close to me. And I need to understand how to walk with you. You know, when we look at the life of Samson, there's a, a moment that we read in Scripture, and it, it's, um, it's one of those moments that I, I just think is one of the, the saddest moments in Scripture. And we read that Samson had a destiny, he had an identity, he knew the stirring of the Spirit in his life, but we read that in different points in his life, he began, instead of orienting his life in God's direction, he began to buy into the lie that there were things that he needed in order to be fulfilled. And he began to give into temptation over and over again. And there's this situation where finally, at one point, he thought, oh, God's still with me in this situation. And he went to break out of those chains. You know, you know the story where uh, Delilah had finally discovered the secret of his strength, and which was consecration to God but it was evidenced by him not cutting his hair. And so he, she cut his hair when he was sleeping. And he woke up and he had been bound. And he thought, I'm just going to break out of this bondage again today. He'd done it many times before. And on this instance, Scripture said that he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. He didn't realize that he was no longer walking in a place of, of the blessing and provision and the power of God's spirit in his life. Why? Because he had continually begun to walk his own direction. And at some point, Scripture says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit, that we can continually reject the voice of the Spirit in our lives. And if we continue to do that, the Holy Spirit is grieved because his role in your life is to, is to point you toward God. And if we continually do that to the Spirit of God, just reject truth and reject truth and reject truth and begin to say, no, this is my path. This is what I want to do. This is what I need in my life to be fulfilled. Then eventually we begin to lose the capacity to hear the Spirit of God the way we once did. And we are just weakened in our walk. We get to a place where we're, what we're really doing is we're relying on our own strength. Instead of relying on the strength of God's Spirit, of God's presence in our lives. And that's the situation that Samson found himself in, that he really had begun just to rely on his own wisdom and on his own strength. And what, what the result of that was, was bondage in his life, a physical bondage. And so I want to encourage us today that we would continually say, Spirit of God, if there are areas of my life where I am rejecting your nudge, where I am ignoring the tapping on my shoulder, where I am just going my own direction and I have a sense that it's not pleasing to you, God, would you, Holy Spirit, just continue to speak to me and give me the strength to walk with you and to, and to come back to that path that God would have me to be on because I don't want to rely in my own strength, but I want to know the stirring of the Spirit in my life. Church, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. We are not spiritual orphans. And the Spirit of God has come to fulfill some things in your life. And He will stir you. 
and he will also strengthen you. 2 Peter 1.3 says this. This is just an, such an encouragement to me today to realize that this walk of, of righteousness that God calls me to, it's not based on my own strength, but the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the one who draws alongside of me, it's he that will help me to live for God. Listen to what 2 Peter 1.3 says. By his divine power, by God's power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And know this today, that God has given you his spirit so that you are enabled to live a life that reflects God's desire for you. The spirit of God his role is to strengthen you. His role is to stir you and to continually bring you back to the path that God would have you on. And I wonder this morning as we come to a close, I just ask that we would just take a moment to worship and to allow the Spirit of God to speak to us once again. And I wonder today, perhaps you need the Spirit of God to stir you again. Perhaps you just need wisdom in a decision and, and you need the counselor, the Spirit of God to begin to help you to understand the direction to go. Perhaps you need strength today and you need the Spirit of God to strengthen you to resist the temptations that are in your life, to live for God instead of for yourself or for the things of this age. And I'm just gonna ask us today that as we come to a close, that that would be our prayer. Spirit of God, would you stir me today and would you strengthen me today? Would you help me to live for you and would you help me to begin to learn to know your voice in a clearer way so that I can walk according to your ways today? And so just as Pastor Yeshua comes, could we stand? We just take a moment, church, to respond to what the Spirit of God is speaking to you. I'm only one voice, but the Holy Spirit can speak to you exactly what you need to hear. He can speak directly into your situation today. He can stir you in the way that you need to be stirred today. He can strengthen you in the way that you need to be strengthened today because he lives with you and he's in you and he's guiding you and strengthening you today.